sit back and relax while I listen to Train Kickers podcast. I'm Dave, and along with my co-hosts Stan and Steve, we take all around the world of miniature wargaming. On tonight's episode, um, we are actually sans Steve tonight. He might have gotten a near some corn or something like that. So he's having a bit of a struggle tonight. But tonight's topic that we were wanting to do because of some information that came out today was related to a game that he currently doesn't actively play anyway. So uh, Dan and myself, we're going to start this. So we're going to have two releases related to Conquest this week. Um, So this is Conquest the Last Argument Kings by Parabellum Games. The first release that we're going to have is just an overview of the game. Now, both of us play it, but we are reasonably new at it, I would say. Neither of us have played for more than several months. But our our goal is to, one, get into this game, because we are both playing it. A lot of people are local area playing it. We do enjoy it. And we want to start sharing some of that as well. Not to worry, we're still going to have plenty of 30K stuff. The hope is that maybe later on this week that we'll be recording more of that once Steve is feeling more like himself. But And and we do still have some other 30K stuff to put out. We have that battle report that is far from great, but it's something. We have a few other things. So we still have plenty of that that we want to put out and we do plan to. So it's not a concern that we're not going to have that, but we'd like to be able to dabble in a few other things that we like to enjoy as well. So on this particular episode, we're going to do a brief overview of the game, talk about why you might want to play it, why it might not be the right game for you, a bit about the different factions, and um, all the rest of that. So if this is a game you're interested in, we're going to try to keep this reasonably brief, and maybe this will give you a feel for if this is something for you. Once they do release a little bit more, we're going to have at least some TTS battle reports until our armies are painted, because we'll we'll talk about that and why that might might be a while once we get into it as a almost as a why not play, but not entirely. All right. And now on to the show. All right, Dan, what are what are you painting tonight? Because I hear a I hear a pop of what sounds like a GW paint cap every now and then. What? No, yeah. no. Because the mic yeah, no, picks I, everything up. Uh, everything. As I tell you. Yes. <laughs> I could do no secrets. No, no. no I'm just uh, putting, slapping some paint on Kabanda. Uh, finally got around to painting the stupid thing. Um, and honestly, I think I've been doing a pretty good job. I spent a lot of time on this model. Normally, I'm used to like slap chopping. And, yes. And, I mean, I'm still contrasting. Don't get me wrong. Like the wings you saw. <laughs> no, no, the, no one thought otherwise. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the wings you saw are, are contrast, but they were, I spent like, God, a couple, a couple hours on each one and it came out pretty nice. It looks like a, a what did you call it? An organ? Yeah, it has, to me, I, you mentioned it, you, you said heart, yeah. but it has a lot of that sort of look, tone and sort of um, styration and stuff like that. Just, just, just the overall look. Good. I think it fits that. That's what I was going for. I was going for like a like most people paint the wing in a very tan bat like color, and I was like, no, yeah, this is a general of Corn's army. So I went for a very organ bloody vein looking. I might go back and add some like blue veins in there too. Just have some real fun. It, could, um, it, it would definitely it would pop more having a little yeah. bit of that contrast because if you do it thin enough, if you have a good enough brush for it, then it won't be necessarily immediate obvious, but when you get a little closer, you'll see it because you don't want it to be the three plus feet away that you see it because then it's going to look like you made a mistake. Exactly. But when you get a little bit closer and you kind of notice that extra detail. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I, I know at least for me, just, br- you know, briefly since Dan brought up what he's doing, I know for me, at least briefly, I've been trying to paint up things for our 30K event that we have this week. I, I'm, I'm behind on that, but we'll see. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter recording tonight, so when that's all said and done, we'll see how much further I can get onto all of that. 
So you I've got, got a this, lot Dave. of it to paint. You I'll, got I'll get it done. All this way. It's going to be done, but it's not going to. It's not going to be like matte coated and done and sealed. One, I'm waiting for the dirty down paints to come in. The the rust oh, wash those and are the magic. Yes. Oh my god. So nothing is done until they come in. And also for just some of the other effects, I know I won't have that quite done. So I want them to a level where I can maybe gloss them, just leave it there. That'll be good enough for, for this. They'll look, still look good. And then I can do those finishing touches once that stuff comes in. Mm, but, okay, sounds good. Yeah. All right. So um, as we said at the top, the goal of this episode um, should be a, a nice and short episode is we're going to go over um, the, the basics for Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings. We're going to discuss a bit of what the game is, uh, overview, a little bit of history related to the game itself. We'll talk about the different factions, reasons you should play the game, and importantly, as it should be, the reasons why maybe this isn't the game for you. With so many different war games out there, it's important to figure out what you want to get involved with and oh, what just what just might be like a money sink that doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> um, so maybe we'll start with... Dan giving an elevator pitch and then I'll fill in any details that I would. Yeah, make. no. I mean, so people have asked me actually before. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, even a, kid, a guy at the store, Langston, has asked, you know, why play Conquest? And I've had a couple of people mm-hmm. in the 30K chat play. So, kind of like what I've elevator pitched very quickly is essentially it's Warhammer Fantasy with a drop zone commander element of style play. So, okay. basically, what that means is it's like rank and file. Um, you got yourself. Um, you know, the old Warhammer Fantasy rank and file units. But by the way, same time, you can also play them skirmish because it has rules for both. It's two games in one. Yes, it does um, have a skirmish for yeah. And on top of that, though, the units aren't activated. I go, you go. It's activated, you know, in a sense of there's cards that you place, right? And those cards determine which units go first and you go back and forth. There's like an initiative like that. So it's, it's, that's kind of like Drop Zone Commander. So it's 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 a weird mixture of of a strategy war. I don't know. It, it's it's really good ice. That's my elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say um, if you are the type, and we'll go maybe a little bit more of this detail later. But if you're the type that when Warhammer Fantasy went away, that you started missing what you might call ranks and flanks game, um, and Mantic's games weren't necessarily meeting what you wanted, or some other ones. There's a few other uh, other small ones out there. That this is a a newer game on the scene that meets that in a very interesting way. So it gives you still what you want from mass style combat with the, the uh, you know very both you know interesting, fun and different pieces to that. Now part of this, especially if you like, um, actually maybe short quiz for Dan. Do you know who designed the game? Parabellum? No. Well, no. The actual oh. the actual game designer. Oh, no. No. Okay, so if you happen to, like, say, Warhammer Fantasy, it obviously fits like that. If you like, you know, Lord of the Rings, you might be able to see some things there. Uh, or a lot of other little pieces. The reason being for that, or actually, I don't know if he designed Drop Zone Commander. I know he designed Gates of Antares at one point when that was a thing, but it's uh, Alessio Cavatori. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know yeah, that. Him, yeah, that um, makes a hell of a lot of sense then. <laughs> and I want to say it was like 2010. I could be wrong on the timeline. He uh, found he was a co-founder of a company called Riverhorse. So essentially, they come up with different game systems. 
So he is the writer of what is listed at least as most of the lore as well as the rules and other pieces. I'm sure he had some other help with that, but he's listed as the primary and it makes sense. If you're in miniatures games, his is the name, you know, if you're in board games, it's Richard Garfield. So the, the, or, I mean, we could make arguments for Reiner Knizio or, or a few others, but um, for most well-known names, I would say that. So yeah, it's actually one of his games. That's hilarious. Okay. I did not actually know that. Yeah. Do you know when the game came out? Two th- wasn't it 2016, 2017? No, tw- 2019. Really? Yeah. The game was discussed earlier. It was kind of like showed oh, it, shown off at that. shows and things like that. Yeah. But the actual launching was late June 2019. Oh, this um, now, no, this is game. as the information I could find. Maybe they had some ways you could get a little bit early or something. But the I main like launch. Kickstarter probably. Um, yeah, that part I don't know. I don't know if this was a Kickstarter. Um, I mean, you can take a look for that quickly. So we'll get into the factions. This is, so this, essentially, we're just going through this because this is stuff I found earlier. And I'm curious if Dan knows any of it. Um, do you know what the first two factions were? I have no idea, but probably 100 Kingdoms Inspire. Absolutely. It was those two first, and then it was the Nords and the Dwayne Home after that. That makes sense. Yeah. So it, that makes sense. Um, the, one of the, I don't know if it was Leslie who said this, but one, one of the, the, the people who's kind of heading up now design, th- his intention is, I want to say it's like 12 or 18 factions he has in mind. And as the game goes on, they're just releasing more and more. So the thought is to release, my guess, a faction or so a year. It might be faster or slower. I mean, especially with pandemic. I mean, that obviously can change things a lot. This game was not out much long before that. So I'm sure that it's both hurt some of his traction and slowed it down a bit. Um, but now that we can, people can get back out there, uh, we're seeing, I, I would say, a good amount of growth, at least in our area. I don't know overall. I can only go off of numbers and figures I see. But overall, I would say it looks like good growth. So um, why don't we get into then... A bit of since we did a little bit of the history, there's I'm sure there's plenty more history. My goal is not to talk about things that I don't feel reasonably confident about, so there is more to their history. You can look up more about it, but I only figured out this game roughly about a year ago, and even then, it was a while before I actually started playing. But oh, I figured it out what three weeks ago, about a month ago, yeah, probably about a month, 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 yeah. maybe six, six weeks, something like that, yeah. Uh, very fairly recent yeah um so why don't you give a brief overview of the game what what does this game look like all right so this game um from what i've played at least this game is a rank and flank because i haven't played the skirmish i will point that out i've watched tons of video reports on this i haven't either so so just so everyone knows we're going to keep this more to the last argument of kings instead of the first blood um, which is the skirmish version. I'm sure it's good as well. I just haven't gotten to it. So Yeah. I mean, I've seen video reports on it, and it looks very similar. Very similar play style, but I just wanted, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, it's a rank-and-file game um, where essentially you have um, stands of infantry, and it's either four infantry per stand, one infantry per stand, or I guess one monster per stand, but that's a larger stand. Yeah, so monsters, brutes, they're words for yeah. bigger things. Yeah. So, and you rank and file them essentially into formations, usually a minimum of three, unless there's some weird offset some there, but it's usually, yeah. you rule of thumb as a, as a unit of three. 
Um, and it's literally Rankin Flanks. But what makes this different is, I mean, if you remember old school Warhammer Fantasy, for those of you who will listen to this, uh, you'll remember that it was I Go, You Go, which is very dated. Let's be honest. It, 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 I, I tend to steer away from those types of games because it's just, I don't know, it's boring to me, essentially. It, it, but this it, game... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. It, it only works to an extent in a game where it is already present. So Warhammer 40k, as far as I'm concerned, is never going to change to an alternating activation game. One, the system they have might collapse under that style of rule set. But two, they have a history. They have a certain style. Um, I think the only way it really works in there is you know, essentially legacy. Or if you have a game like Infinity where I might be going, but you are doing something. The main problem yeah, with I Go, You happening. Go... Yeah, main problem with I Go, You Go is that either one, you're just sitting there watching me play a game play. and doing nothing. Or balance becomes an issue because if I get to act first, how do you balance a game well? And it's tough to do, but it can be yeah. done. How do you balance a game well that you are still 100% in the game and not at a disadvantage or haven't gone second? Um, I will and, point out that Heresy does fix this a little bit with reactions, which is kind of cool. That's it a helps story. it with reactions. Yeah. It's far from fixed, but it definitely helps it a lot. Yeah. So going back to this. Uh, so yeah, it, um, so what it's essentially an alternate style activation system where, you know, you roll initiative and then whoever wins initiative, it's I go, you go, activate a unit. What makes this interesting, though, what really got me into it, honestly, this was kind of a kicker for me, was that every unit has a card. And you arrange these cards before you know whose initiative it is, before you know who's going first. You roll initiative, and essentially, those cards are in order. So if you thought you were going first and you're going second, and you know you really wanted that unit to go first, I mean, sucks to suck. You, you have to plan accordingly, which is a really, really neat thing to think about. Hmm. Um. Yeah, Dave, take over. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm not surprised that you enjoy that, or to you, that's one of the biggest facets because you like epic. Yes, that's old for school. Those, epic. For those who listen to this and are wondering what the fuck, it's it's basically epic. Yeah, o- old epic was yeah. You're making decisions ahead of time, things like that. So that, that that was how it was. At least one of the additions. I couldn't tell you which other people could, but there's a bit of a style there to that. Um, for for we'll, we'll outline a, a general sequence of of how this game is played in a moment, but the the sort of overview of that. Um, this is a war game like many others, um, like most I say. So you you roll dice, um, not Malifaux, you're not flipping cards or anything. Like that. You do roll dice. The one big difference I find in this game compared to almost every other game that I play is this is a roll under system. Yeah, so so this is a low. Uh, this threw me at first when I looked at stats because I was I was kind of thumbing through um, the army builder, which now is good. Originally, the army builder was very very bad, but they have a very nice army builder out right now. And I was looking at it and number wise, I'm like, oh, those are kind of terrible numbers, or oh, that's what I want. Then maybe it's really good. No, it's it's a roll at or under system, so it is very typical in this game to see stats of ones, twos, and a three is a great stat because that means you're passing fifty percent of the time. Um, this is luckily a pre-measure game. You're able to measure any point you want. I am kind of driven crazy by games that don't allow pre-measures anymore. <laughs> That's very old school. 
Yeah, uh, Titanicus doesn't, but there it's like it's it's fine because there's so few things I can deal with it. I don't like it when it's like related to charges, and like I'm gonna charge and then I have to check and like maybe it was a bad idea because I thought it was an inch or too close or yeah. like it, I don't like games that rely on you can be better at the game just because you've learned a weird skill. That was so. me fantasy with dwarves, to be quite honest. Oh, absolutely. When they used to do pure guest ranges, that was absolutely yep, a thing that for was, people. That was all me, baby. Yeah. Um, so so those sort of things, as Dan said, the idea is you're putting together regiments. And we'll talk a little bit about army building shortly. But the idea is you're putting together regiments of, of units. If it's an infantry, like I said, it's four on a stand. So you are ranked up, but you're on individual stands. If you are a bigger model, brutes, monsters, those sort of things, then you're one to a stand. Um, you put them together as a unit and you face off. The game is played in general in 10 rounds. That sounds like a lot. Part it's of it, not. no. Uh, <laughs> the biggest reason it's not as bad, and we'll get into this in a moment, is because the way that you actually bring your army onto the field. One of the biggest things in this game is that you do not start with anything on the field. There's no units when you start. Um, now, uh, just to say this now, we are recording this on Monday the 23rd. This was the day the 2.0 rules came out. We are, after this, going to do a separate recording discussing the changes between the previous edition to the new. So when we talk about rules, we are going to be referencing them from the new version. But let's be, you know, let's be frank about it. They might change this shortly hereafter. It's the 2.0 rules, version one of those, and in three days, they could decide, oh, yeah, we missed this. We got to change something. So at the time of recording, what we're saying is accurate, but there might be some changes that occur theoretically quickly. But the Absolutely. overall ideas are not going to change. Um, I think the best way to talk about this game is to probably talk about the way a round plays out because that mm -hmm. leads us into a lot of the pieces. And we'll take it actually from the rule book. We're kind of looking. I had the rule book open, just the names. Um, actually, before we even talk about the rounds, okay, really quick, I do want to mention the army building because this is kind of another thing yes. that kind of drew me in. Yep. Um, so again, going from Warhammer Fantasy or even most Warhammer games, most people expect you to like pick a leader, pick some core, pick some special, pick some elites. That's mm. really not how this game is. This game is you select a warband leader, right? And this mm. warband leader essentially can choose four units. Now, what's really cool is certain um warband leaders can take certain units other warband leaders cannot so give you a good example the dwarf hold um <laughs> i can't pronounce the freaking name that's but okay the we're crazy yeah the hold um can take dragon slayers as in as a elite choice but uh no one else can you know what i mean so anyway let's so um you are allowed essentially up to four choices per warband Mm -hmm. And you can have, um, and I always forget the damn name of like the normal choices because I, I want to get you calling them line, and I know they're not line. No, 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 <laughs> it's not line. So you are either mainstay or restricted. That's what it is. Thank you, mm -hmm. Jesus. So mainstay is your you can take four of these, no problem. Restricted mm -hmm. is you can only take one restricted per mainstay. So in a warband, if you want it to look like this, it could be two mainstay. Too restricted. Yes. But that's as many restricted as you can take per warband. 
And, um, and a very important thing to mention there is what is restricted for one character might be mainstay for another and not even yep, an option. And it gets all mixed up. So yeah. using the Dragon Slayers that I mentioned before, um, no one else can take Dragon Slayers, but there's another restricted unit for the whole draw, which is the um, fire. Uh, we'll call them fire bazookas because that's essentially what they are. Big dwarves with fire bazookas. Um, and they're restricted. But if you take a tempered sorcerer, all of a sudden, they're mainstay. So it's yeah. actually kind of neat that it, it switches around, essentially, what you can take based on who your leader is per warband. And there's still only one warlord anyway, and that warlord un unlocks certain rules. But that's yeah. essentially how it works. And um, a little bit more about just basic building here. For when you're building an army, you're allowed to include up to two of the same choice. So... Um, Unless it says otherwise, there's very few what you would call named characters. Um, I can think off the top of my head of one in the entire game. That's the stupid Dominion one, right? Yes. The Fallen Divinity is a named character. Uh, yeah. There might be another one, but the Fallen Divinity absolutely says you may only ever have one of these. And that's because it's essentially like a. there's all kinds of crazy stuff if you get into lore. We'll talk a tiny bit about lore. But I'll be honest, I don't know enough of it at this point to feel like I could really have that big discussion. Honestly, but, if you want, the lore is very much Eldritch Hard, Dark Souls. Um, yeah. Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get into we'll, – we'll discuss lore and kind of overview. We'll do a very, very high level of that to, to avoid um, getting mired down in it. But you can include up to two of each of them. The, that's the only restriction you have on how many essentially of these characters you have. Characters also need units that they can go in. They're not allowed to be by themselves. So, you know, if your character is an infantry, if it's a guy on foot, he's got to be able to go with a unit of guys on foot. If he's on a, a horse, he's got to be able to go with guys on horses, that kind of thing. So that is a big thing in this game, is the army building, the way you actually put a faction together. Mm -hmm. So um, going a little bit into to what a turn looks like, we'll put it that way. So you're going to start, there's several phases reinforcement phase this is where you bring units on that's the sort of easiest thing the big thing we said in this game is that you don't start with anything on the board so depending on what turn it is your aren't your units have different classes you are light medium or heavy depending on the turn depends on the role that you may get to make to bring those units on so say on the first turn lights come in on a four up um Second turn when you start rolling for them. Can you roll for medium second turn? I'm trying to remember. I gotta get to uh, yes, on a one or two. Okay, yeah. It's on a two up. So it's what another four up and a two up. Yeah, it's a four up. Mediums is on a two up. By round three, lights are in. So you don't start with anything on the board. You're rolling to get units in, and if you don't roll well enough, several rounds later, they're automatically in at worst case scenario. Now really quick some mm -hmm. might already be turned off because like oh my god that's too much variability no my god i can't say that stupid word uh, variability <laughs> variability yes but with the new edition of the game one of the neat changes that they did was uh this is with 2.0 rules again this is yep. currently with 2.0 rules um is that now um you, per turn you get to essentially auto-select one unit to auto-pass that role. Now, they have to be able to come in, by the way. So you can't take a heavy and pop that sucker in on round one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, if, if, you, if turn two, you really want that big, chunky, medium unit 
to come in, right, and hold down an objective. Because fun fact, lights cannot hold objectives. They are no. your scout units. So you can't load up on lights and expect to just swarm the battlefield. Yeah. You won't hold anything. So, um, you know, <laughs> if you really need that big medium unit to come in, you can just choose to automatically take that unit in on turn yeah. two and then roll for the other ones. You have to roll yeah. for the other ones. But that's a really neat addition that I really enjoy to the game because now it's like, oh, that sucks. I rolled awful. None of my units are coming on. Now it's like, yeah. no, no, I'm going to make these guys come on. Yeah, anyway. it, it's it's a very nice change because I've absolutely had games where, you know, I get tons of my units and they don't. Like I said, it's light, so scoring is a thing. Now, what I will say, we're not trying to do a teach you to play for the moment. So, yes, if you have a if someone knows the game, if you have a medium character and a light unit, there's ways to score and all that. But we're kind of glossing over some of those details. The big thing is in this game, at worst case scenario, if you roll terrible the entire game by round five, everything is in. But you get some automatic things early, which I think is great. So you're going to figure out the stuff that comes in. You're going to get to know what's going to be there. Your characters, hey, they're in a unit. Boom, they're coming in when the unit comes in. Um, you're then going to set your deck of cards. You're going to determine the order that you're going to take your turn. So as Dan said before, you're pre-deciding everything that's going to happen just based off of the board state you see and knowing what you're getting and knowing what your opponent's getting in. Um, Actually, you, pause. Yes. Not knowing what your opponent's getting in. No, you the do cards know. Are you, it's no. You do know what they made for the reinforcements. You know what they have coming in. No, well, you like, okay, you know that they maybe have two mediums coming in. You know the mediums. Oh, you do? Yes. Oh, you I have to declare the, you have to declare the units. Oh. Yes. Because you, you put the units to the, um, essentially the ones that happen, you're putting them next to the board. You actually yeah, do know whoops. the units. Whoops. Yep. That would have been cheating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. The point is that you actually know exactly what's going to come. So that way you have, you can make intelligent decisions about that. Whoops. 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 Yeah. Um, then you have a phase where maybe you get to use some cool abilities. We're not going to go too much on the abilities, but yeah. what's nice is the army builder does give you uh, now the army builder is going to be updated. I'm sure with the new rules and, and some changes and all, but currently we're going to the army builder. Hey, you got a special rule. I can click on it, see what the special rule is. Actually, so some people have yeah. different abilities. I, I want to give props actually here. Cause not mm -hmm. a lot of people. I, okay, so I come from GW, right? I, I come from yep. GW games. I'm used to the GW army builder. And I got to say, it, it, the Sigmar one is great. Don't get me wrong. Sigmar is amazing. But the 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 normal Sigma, uh, the normal 40K one is just, it, it's just awful, right? Yes. Um, I got to say, this army builder is refreshing. It reminds me a lot like Infinity, right? Because Infinity has an excellent army builder as well. Yes. Um. And just having this army builder, and this is me like, kind of, so I got it again, I got to give credit where credit's due. This army builder's really nice. What I will say is the old one was, was bad. The new one is much better. The difficulty at first, if you're using the army builder and you don't know how it works and you don't know, oh, I want to take a unit. The way you take a unit is by selecting a leader. And then adding a unit in who they're allowed to take. Now, it's a lot better now, but it used to be kind of cumbersome. And if you didn't know how to put a list together, I remember the first time trying to use it, I didn't even know how to like put a unit in because I didn't realize I chose 
you know, one of my, a leader of a war band who wasn't allowed to take them. But now, yeah. uh, now they give you a way you can just peruse the armies so you can see what they look like, all of that, what types of rules the units have, how the units look for the ones that are out. And then you can go to a separate thing, actually build the list. Um, just a little more brief overview. Um, again, we, we're, we're not doing this as a, a learn to play. We'll do that separately for what happens. Okay, you it's your action. Flip the top card. That's the unit that goes. Units get two actions. Um, unless you're a character, we'll mention that briefly in a moment. But your unit gets two actions. They get to do two things. Only thing they're allowed to repeat normally is moving. Uh, marching, they call in here, but again, it's just a pure movement. Um, otherwise, they give you a list of things that you can do. You can charge someone, so go and get up and close to personal someone. You can rally, because remember, you're, you're, this is a rank and flank. This is, like I said, Warhammer fantasy. Your guys get afraid and maybe want to run and all that, so you can rally them together. You can change the way your formation looks. You can, you know, take aim so you can get ready to shoot people, and you can shoot people. Those are the things you can do when you're not in combat. If you're in combat, you can fight. You can rally there as well. You can change the way you look. You can make your guys better to hit in close combat by giving them inspirational words, or you can get out. Very importantly, what um, people who are new might have missed, charge is one thing, fighting is another. Mm, yes, that's a big thing here. You have two actions. If your first action isn't charge, so if it's your second action, you are not fighting. Mm -hmm. Now, um, mind you, there are some things like horses when they charge into impact to hits. You yeah, know, like, there's special rules that there's special break rules it. and stuff that break it. But um, yeah, if you're if you're charging in uh, as your second action, you're just holding that unit in place. You're not actually hitting them. Yep. Um, there can be good reasons why you might want to do that. Yeah, when you charge, <laughs> yeah, you, you, stopping them from where they're going, yeah. protecting another unit. Um, you might have a rule that when they activate and you're close to them, you hurt them. Uh, I play Old Dominion. We have that those sort of rules. <laughs> I have Dweg. We're on fire. Yep. <laughs> so, so there's good reasons why you'd want to do it. But it's important to know in this game, a charge doesn't mean an attack like it does in a lot of others. Think of Warhammer Fantasy. Think of Age, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. When I get in, I get to hit you. That's not necessarily the case here. Um, so we're, we're going to keep this a bit light on rules. I think one of the other big things that we should talk about just as an overview through the rules is how units come in later into the game. Did you want to take that? No, no, you could take it. Take it. Okay. Okay. So you figured out what you have coming in turn one. You got like two units. Hey, good for you. Turns over three minutes later. Now it's turn two and you roll and you get a few more units to come in. So there are two ways units come in. They could either walk in from the back. So you have your board edge. It's a six by four board. So they could walk in from your board edge. Let's say you're playing long ways for simplicity. They could walk in from your six foot edge. Or if you take a look now, this only happens up to the halfway mark on the table. But if you take a look for your furthest forward models, your furthest forward unit and their back end, units can come in from the sides of the board related to where that is. Um, this makes more sense once you've seen it. And again, we'll go through where we probably discuss this in a lot more detail to make sure people get exactly what this means. But what this means is your units don't have to come in from the board edge behind that year army. They can come in further up the board. 
So if you happen to have a unit a good bit up the board, your other units can come in from the short sides where those guys are. Now, there's some restrictions to this, of course. Not every unit can come in behind other units. They can't be in combat. Um, there's some other things, but the idea is it's a different way to bring them on. So that means you could start actually flanking with things, especially stuff that's fast. So if your opponent is off to the side and has turned away from the side of the board edge, you could actually bring out your next unit there. And now you're right there ready to take advantage. General rule, you can't charge when you come in this way, but you could be set up for the next turn to really cause them a lot of pain. So th that is one of the other main sort of facets that I think is both very interesting and very different related to this. And that's a bit about just their, their sort of overall deployment. Um, you have characters, so you have big, powerful leaders. They have their own types of actions they can do. They can challenge. They can fight people. Um, you have wizards or or priests. Essentially, they can both sling spells, and and they go through how all of that works. Um, but as you notice, yeah, it has a lot of the pieces that you want in pick any sort of fantasy themed game that you like. Um, the other thing about sort of why to play this game or the, the interesting pieces that Dan wrote down was about mission variety. Do you want to talk a little bit about oh, yeah. missions? This, this, again, so I'm very big into missions. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I love when missions are various. I love when missions kind of do multiple things. Uh, sometimes, like, you might someone might say, well, you this 40K all the time. Yeah, but 40K does have good missions, you know? As the missions are not 40K's are, problem. Missions are great. Yeah, it's it's something else. You know, the mission the missions are great. You can score multiple ways. You know, that that's not 40k's problem. So this game is weird because the missions are well, weird in a good way. The missions are various. So you'll have objectives that are 12 inches in diameter, right? To score. And it's progressive scoring. Very much akin to 40k, right? So you have your progressive 40k scoring there. But then you have objectives that are end game scoring. Okay. But then you have objectives that have no radius, but you need to destroy them. But you can only do one pip of damage to them per turn, right? You can't do more than one pip. And they also have an armor save. So you could just literally do nothing to them. Um, and then you have kill points. You can kill the hero for points. And then to wrap it all up, you can achieve secondary objectives. So this is not a... You know, oh my god, I'm going to take an army that kills everything in one blow. Ha ha. This is not that kind of game. This game relies on you to play multiple different missions to try to win, which is, I find, at least in my opinion, super awesome. Because nothing kills me more on the inside than when I'm playing a really cool game and it's like, oh, well, I guess you your army does X. Guess I can't win this game. <laughs> like, this yeah. allows you multiple ways to win. And that, to me, is really, really awesome. Yeah, because there's objectives that have a variety of sizes. It depends on the type of objective, how big it is and all. Now, we haven't played anything in the new 2.0, so they might have changed some of the sizes. But I remember in the past, there was like 9-inch objectives and 12 and a variety of things. They like said there's these pieces that you have to go and destroy. And there's rules about how close you have to be before you can actually hit them. So that way, if you happen to have a really good shooting unit, you can't just plink at them across the board. Um, the main rule book doesn't have a ton of scenarios in it, but they do put out other scenarios. There, there was other books and also there will be more. And like I said, there is secondary objectives that 
are extras that get added. So that's going to add up variability. And that is army dependent. You essentially will have them depending on exactly what it is that you're playing. So um, like I said, each faction has their own secondary objectives. Um, like I said, no two faction decks. Some of them are common, but no two factions are the same. And we'll talk about sort of what you need to to play this one, to, to play the game, the sort of things that you need. But this is going to be one of them. And the secondaries are hidden. So your opponent's doing something that you're not entirely sure what they're supposed to be doing. Um, at the end of 10 turns, whoever has the most points wins the game. Or if someone's been crushed, if you got nothing left, you lose. Yeah. And um, it's funny because this game does, like, people are like, oh, my God, 10 turns. 10 turns can easily happen in two hours. Yeah. It goes fast because early you probably don't have much. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's <laughs> it, So you know how most games, like, speed up during the end when no one has really anything left? Yeah, this game opposite. tends to be fast in the at the beginning, fast near the end, slow during the middle, which is fine. I like that a lot. Yeah, they said the big thing with that is you often won't have very much in the first few turns. Now, the fact that you get some auto units in might change that feel, but you have very little in the beginning. They're not allowed to score, and they're far apart. Remember, in a normal war game, take a standard forty k style game, Age of Sigma, or any of those you're usually starting about a foot or so up the board. Even if it's a little less, you're starting a decent bit up. Here, you're starting off the board. Your average move is probably about a five. So you could spend your whole first turn going up 10 inches. You are now roughly to the deployment zone in, an, in a, other standard games. So early turns, it's not like you're worried about the most difficult tactical decisions. You're just trying to get on the board. And for the first few turns, that's probably what you're doing. You're probably not getting truly involved until turns three or on, which means that in the beginning, it's just really tactical movement, get into a good position, and then start doing something with it. So um, so why don't we yeah. talk a little bit about what's needed if you were to decide to play this oh, game? Yes. And we'll, in a moment, we'll talk about why you might not play it but what's needed if you decide to play the game so what's another thing i like about this company well okay so here comes to the first negative i'm gonna pause okay uh, and well, I actually why don't, we could do negatives here we'll intermix them. This, this leads up to a negative okay this is a warhammer fantasy battle-esque game yes you are going to need models a lot and of you models are going to need a lot of models yeah just for a good example i bought two starter boxes which i'll talk about in a second on how to start a game but i bought two starter boxes and that's 90, oh, give me a damn it, second, hold on, 24, 24, 20, no, 12, no, 24, 24, 24, 24, 2. Is that 98? Is that right? Um, if you're doing that many of them, yes. Well, 96. Okay. 96, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 96 models. And that's still not 2,000, by the way, but that's 96 models. So that might be a put off for some people. You do need L models. There's no custodies faction yet. Or Giants faction yet. Um, so you need big boy models. A big amount of models, sorry. Okay, that being said. <laughs> yeah. that, that negative out of the way. It's actually kind of easy to start the game. Another kind of good facet about this is that it's actually really fairly simple to start the game. Um, they sell um, these, first of all, they sell these taster packs. Eh, I kind of ignored them. I don't even know what they're used for. Maybe first so, one is what they're used for. Well, no, no, here's the nice thing about the taster pack. Yeah. You don't get the taster pack to make the army. You get the taster pack to kind of flesh out the rest of your army. 
if you are doing something, um, you so essentially they have um, starter sets and taster packs. The starter set gives you a, a good amount of things. The taster is usually part of the starter set. Sometimes it might make sense to get more than one starter, depending on what's available. Other times that with the taster pack might get you the types of units that you need as a very good base. That's really what I, I see them as. Okay, that makes sense then. So yeah, you have your starter packs, which I guess is what Dave explained. But really, mm. you have the starter boxes. Starter boxes come with um, a rule book, which I mean they'll now come probably with the new rule book. Uh, all the rules are free. At, at some point, it that? will update. But yeah, yeah. Did we mention that all the rules are free online? Um, no, those? rules are free. Army builders free. All those sorts of things. They're there for you. Yeah, that, that that's another good positive right there. Whoops. Yeah, all the all the rules are free online. Every single one of them. Anyway, uh, so the starter box comes with uh, your your rules, your models, uh, usually a one warband leader, and mm-hmm. essentially a complete warband, a complete yes. minimum warband. Um, so, for example, the one that I bought was the Dweg home one. Dwegs are essentially your dwarves, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, and they came with a hold raw, and then three stands of Ballastae, three stands of Warriors, three stands of Dragon Slayers, three stands of Thanes. Which is a minimum warband exactly of what you need, um, and that's really all. That's really it. Like, it, there's not much. And then, I mean, I bought two because honestly, it's a really good start to an army, and it makes yeah. sense. But um, I do like their starter box. They actually, their stuff you will use. That's that's a good way to put it. So you know how in like GW sometimes they'll have a starter box or a. Um, what do they call patrol box? And you're like, okay, yeah. I'll use like one thing in there, maybe two, but not everything. I'll sell mm-hmm. off what I don't need. Um, I haven't found that yet with these starter boxes. I require everything in that starter box. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, I, I do think that's true. I think part of that is true because one thing you'll find if you were to thumb through, say, the army builder, because that's easy. We'll discuss the other factions, like a minute overview of each. The biggest way is go on their website and just take a look at them. See yeah. who, who looks cool. Or when we talk a little bit about like, hey, here's a thing about them. Figure out what you think is cool. For this moment, we don't know some of the abilities that may happen in factions because we're waiting on the rules for them. So we're going to kind of steer clear of saying, hey, here's the thing this faction does, because we don't know if it will change slightly, and I, I don't want to give people a wrong impression. But um, for this game, yeah, a starter box or two is great. There's some other units. So part of the reason starter box is good is because there are missing units. This game is still actively being released. The faction I play, they've been out for a bit. They're getting more units. They maybe have half of their units now, so that we're still waiting on quite a few things. Um, there is a card pack. It's Wave 4 is the most recent one. It includes cards related to your spells. What is nice is for right now, they're doing QR codes on those. And that's that way if they update the spell, it's not wrong. Which overall, I have no problem with. I have no problem with my phone having information. It also has a set of objectives for you. And the idea is, as I understand it, they're essentially somewhat randomized. There's a set of what they could pull from. They pull a bunch of them. They throw it in the pack for you. Um, there's some other things. There's a bunch of character cards because you need to be able to build that deck or regiment cards. Maybe that's a more accurate way to put it, to use the correct terminology. So I would say you want that. You want to get whatever models you like the look of. Easiest way, a starter box will be legal and then figure out what you might want to run. Because I said the one difficulty when starting this game, if you don't know anyone who's playing it, or if you're really just looking at it for the first time, 
You say, hey, I like this unit. I'm going to buy them. There's a chance your leader can't take them. So you need to look and see who can take this mm-hmm. unit. Do I have them? I will say the Army Builder does help a lot in that regard. It does. You have to choose a warband leader. And when you choose mm-hmm. the warband leader and you add the regiments, if it's not there, you can't take it. Yes. They highlight it very well now. It used to not be as highlighted as well, but yeah, they'll highlight that for you. So you want to make sure you're taking what you're able to. But as anything with any game, find what looks cool to you. Yeah, honestly. And honestly, the factions do look there and like it's funny. The, there is one faction I think looks dopey, but if painted the Spires. right way, yep. Yep. But I think if painted, so I, I don't know if you know the video game. Scorn. Have you heard of Scorn? Um, yes, I've played it. Oh, I, have it I on think my PC. if they were painted like Scorn, like that visceral, visceral, deep red, muscular kind of, not the kind of cartoonish bone and stuff they got going on, I think yeah. that would look fantastic in my opinion. I would love to see that. There's probably someone out there who, there's probably his pictures I haven't started perusing the community too, too much. I've tried um, looking. I, I actually have tried looking. There is someone who did like blood muscle, but then he kept the still the, the bone white and it was like, eh. I want to see like literal scorn. I yeah. think that would be now that would take forever probably to paint, but oh my god, that um, fantastic! I, it depends. Now, when you have a game with you might legitimately need like a hundred miniatures or more. <laughs> I think it's fine. Batch paint, find good techniques, good ways to do it faster. Airbrushes help. Contrast paints help. You can always do a little bit of things over the top to make it a lot quicker. Um, I don't think it would be too bad to do the scorn stuff because you could do some contrast and then add detail through different dry brushes or overbrush techniques hmm, okay. um, or even a little bit of airbrush if you're careful with it to kind of get the, the way that you want oh, to at least get it to, to get it readable as that might not be perfect. But if you want it exact, you're going to have to put a lot more work into it, um, which is still nice that you can like, almost kind of differentiate like that. You know, if you need more work, you can do it. If you don't, it, can, it goes well both ways. Anyway, sorry. I kind of okay. put off on a tangent there. That's no, okay. <laughs> um, why don't we do a very brief... Now, again, we haven't played all the factions, so and some of the rules aren't out yet, so I can't necessarily go back and say, hey, what's this cool little thing they do? Um, I'm in no way going to try to go through the overall lore. It is very good, but no. they've written a lot. And some I do know because I was interested in picking that faction, but yeah. I'm going to just very brief... I'm not going to deep dive into it. I'll right. give you a very brief overview. Yeah. So um, we'll go in the order that I've written down, which is somewhat the order that came out in. So um, maybe I'll start with Hundred Kingdoms. Hundred Kingdoms is, in terms of fantasy, empire. Uh, the, the premise of this world, this is 600 years after like a cataclysm. Um, gods were destroyed. All this kind of crazy stuff happened. Depending on the more you read, you can know some of it. As far as I know, I don't think they've told us everything, but this is sort of after the end of the world almost and what's happening now. There's various human factions who've been sort of scattered to the winds. The Hundred Kingdoms is one of them. It, like I said, it's the idea of the Empire. You know, there's Karl Franz kind of putting them all back together again. There is sub-factions. I'm not going to get into discussion of the sub-factions here. Maybe we'll bring on some people who know them better and can really get into that and talk about different play styles. But if you like knights and chivalry and all that sort of things, if you enjoyed the idea of, you know, empire and men at arms and all of that, that is what Hundred Kingdoms is. Yes, essentially, um, it is empire through and through. Yeah, and again, they have they have tons of lore and they discuss more details of it. But just a very brief overview. Again, if you like that kind of thing and you look at the models and you like knights and heraldry, 
You're going to love them. Um, why don't you discuss the Spire? Ah, so this is – so again, you – okay, so this is a this is a fantasy game, right? Wholehearted yes. fantasy. This is an alien race. <laughs> yeah, from setting, the stars. Is, yeah, literally the, yeah. one of the coolest things. And you might be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. If they're a fantasy race uh, or if there are aliens in a fantasy setting, why have they just not, you know, taken the hell over because they – from the stars? And the idea is that these guys – so first of all, these guys are creepy. It's the nice way to put this. They believe in like genetically mutating their own. Ah, oh man, how, it's so hard to think. Teeth armor, like yeah. shields with teeth on them, and you got yourself what the spire is. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason they have a dig. One of the good ways I, I, I we we joke about in the store. It's the idea of so, so they'll they'll like grow their troops. They'll call them drones. Like, oh, we don't give you a mouth. Well, you don't need a mouth because you're only going to live for like 10 hours. You're going to fight yeah. and go die there. That's fine. A stump, you don't have a digestive system. What do you need that for? You're not going to live long yeah, enough. It's, it, they but, look creepy. Yeah. They literally have teeth armor, which is – It's just – it's again, I, if anyone has ever seen the video game Scorn or knows of the video game Scorn, it's that. It's yeah. literally essentially that. It is downright horrifying. Anyway. So they're star people, and they're just yeah, they're they're star aliens essentially. Oh, and the reason they haven't taken over, I was about to talk about, is because they are supremely corrupted. Like they do not if they make a, bureau- a bureaucracy seem like a lightning government yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, they are heavily corrupted in politics and just everything, um, and so nothing ever gets done for them because they're yeah. constantly plotting against. You know, other people, themselves, their own minds, their next door neighbor kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. I, I was reading their lore earlier, and I, I, I'm not going to even try to say the names because I don't forget which one is which. But essentially, the one group, um, th- they had an empire somewhere. They don't talk about what happens, but essentially, it seemed like it was destroyed. So they're here on the planet. Um, it's E-A with an umlaut on top, so I'm going to guess it's E-A. Um, I haven't heard it pronounced, so if, if I am mispronounced, I do apologize. But the idea is that they landed here. They are very, they're reasonably technologically advanced. But at the same point, when they came over, the one group was like, well, I only kind of want my lineage to make it. So he did things to make sure that happened, and it killed millions of their people. <laughs> um, and now they're in a bureaucracy of like, hey, these guys, you know, we give them the things they want. They make us the stuff we want. And it's just so, but it's very much, they'll just, you know, vat grow whatever they want. They actually made one of the other um, armies that we're going to talk yes, about in a moment. We'll talk about them in a second. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, again, if you like them, look at it. They have a lot of like biomancy and pheromones. They control their stuff with pheromones. So, and genetic augmentations. One I mean, of the their monster, in the army, very much on the nose, is a giant ant. <laughs> yes, giant and, I, and honestly, I don't really like the look of it, but that's me. I, I again, I think it's the paint scheme. I think I saw I someone paint it really, really nicely. Um, but you know, that's that's Angel Geraldes kind of level. You yeah, can't afford Angel Geraldes. <laughs> yeah, you'll know if you like them as a faction. Yeah, um, I just personally don't, but that you know, something for everyone. Um, I'll briefly talk about the Nords because that leaves the drag home for Dan. Um, for the Nords. These are, uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, the Nordic people, just as they say, it's, they use names even from um, uh, Norse mythology. There's Loki and stuff like that. 
um, they just survived what they called after the destruction. Essentially, there's a winter. They called the Fimble Winter, which you know anything about Norse mythology. That was the year, three years that of of non-ending winter storms that precede Ragnarok. Essentially, yeah, they went through Ragnarok, came out the other side. Their raiders is the idea they live far to the north. They made it through this, said, hey, all those guys got stuff. Let's go down there. They're one of the other um, bastions of, of humanity. Um, and they play very much like raiders. Um, they have ways to make, at least before, maybe this is different, but they had ways of making scoring light, light unit scoring and um, bring units on when they feel like, all that kind of stuff. Neat side note about the Nords. Mm. It's not just humans. So they really play up into the Nord um, mythos. So you mm. will actually have trolls, yuttons, um, og- ogres, and stuff like that. Like st- straight up from – it's not just like Valkyries. So yeah, you'll have normal humans, but also you'll have a gigantic frost-breathing you know, giant because yes. why not? Yeah, they have, they have sea, yotunums, and, and hill, and ice, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, they, they very much are pure Norse mythology to an extent. All right, talk about your dwarfs. Yep, the dwarfs – excuse me. The Dwegholm. <laughs> now these are dwarves. Um, the reason they're Dwegholm is because they actually killed. So dwarves were a slave race, um, and they killed their essentially killed their god. <laughs> most most things in this did. That's one of the yeah. big things. Almost all the gods are dead, or said as far as I know, it might again, be all of them. Said never again, uh, and they are an extreme meritocracy. Um, these guys, uh, your whole life is based on what have you done and what can you do. Um, but they're essentially dwarves. What's really cool about them is like, you know, you have the normal dwarves and, but they're, you're thinking cannons and stuff like that. I should point out one of their big units is literally just a Drake with a cannon on it, which is yes. fantastic. That's literally fantastic. It's got two side cannons. Um, but what's really cool about them is that they also have like, um, automata, you know, that's flame breathing automata, which is, they look kind of creepy actually. Um, they remind me of, um, just dark soul bosses. With like yeah. really weird, funky mouths on the crotch and stuff, um, but yeah, no, that that's that's essentially the dwarf. Very quick, very easy, um, but yeah, no, they're just a neat faction. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up, we have the Wadroon. I'll probably have you do city states and we'll flop those. But for Wadroon, um, this was a species or species plural created by the Spire. Yep. Um, normally the spire just makes things for like kind of you know set it and forget it um but they wanted to actually create uh, something more it goes into details of how all that happened but essentially they created them they are for all intents and purposes orcs really um although they also do a lot with dinosaurs and the type and dinosaurs the way they actually were which includes feathers and things like that um but you know the, the idea is that they're very in tune with nature, partially due be due to their hearing. They're able to their hearing is more than just their ears; it's essentially like their whole head kind of thing. So they also have uh, raptor riders and, and giant T Rexes and all. So, but they are very much like a savage orc sort of army, um, in so much that their rule before at least was chanting. So they they chant different things and it gives them various bonuses. 
Um, why don't you talk briefly about what we know about city states? City states is the army that is to come out. Um, yeah, yeah. About city two states. Months. So I will. I, that one, funny enough, I do know the lore. Well, no, they okay. they use their gods as batteries. <laughs> yep. So it, the point of the matter is, don't be a god in this in this universe ever. Nope. God, because Jesus. Um, yeah, no, they use their gods as batteries. So they actually are pretty robotic, almost kind of like Mechanicum-ish, where they actually have, um, you know, uh, mechanical limbs and they also have robots, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but city-states are, I mean, as you probably know from the name, they're Greeks. Um, yep. So you have the hoplites, you have giant statues, you have minotaurs, and the minotaurs, ugh. So many people were like, oh my God, that's so fat. But the idea, like, I go into this a lot, like people when they imagine, you know, Thor, Thor is like, they imagine Chris Hemsworth, but that's not really true. You know, Thor in old mythology was fat. Like, you know, look at some of the, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, lifters of the heavy lifters of the world, right? Like Bjorn. They're never thin. You can't be they're thin. Never thin. These that. guys are thick. I don't even, they can't fit in a car. So anyway, they're minotaurs. Back to the city-state minotaurs, just think they're massive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they look like actual bulls, which is 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 pretty cool to look at. Um, but you know, these are these are your stereotypical Greeks. There's really yep. not much to say about them. Yep. Um, those are the Greeks. Going over to the Romans is the Old Dominion. The Old Dominion is the undead army. Um, brief, I uh, basic overview is it was a uh, wasn't necessarily human to begin with, but sort of like a human empire, and through various ways and means. Um, all the dead were brought back to life with one goal, kill the living. Um, they go into why it happened. It relates to like a god tapping into an old power that no one could ever find. All all kind of crazy lore. But essentially, it's the undead whose only goal is to go and kill. They do look like Rome. a lot of their stuff is Roman legionnaires. And then other Roman themes. And then things like, um, like uh, sort of ghosts or ghouls. Some other units that we've seen, because there's a lot of it, they're one of the newest factions that is out. So a lot of their units aren't out yet. We've only maybe seen concept art. So like the ones that just came out look kind of marble statuesque in pieces, but they're animated. So it's a lot of just various animated things. One of their models is an animated, essentially sarcophagus covered in bones <laughs> yes. and random just elements put together to make it uh, alive, quote unquote. Um, yeah, a live quote unquote exactly. Yeah. So, so that that's sort of all the factions they have right now. As we said, um, city states is coming out soon. What they are doing, which I, I honestly I love, they have a lot more factions they want to do. They put polls up to the community, say, hey, what's the next faction you want? Whichever one wins, that's the next faction that gets released. Actually, and I will say, so let me point out that so there is currently voting between the factions, right? Mm -hmm. And the three factions was funny because. Okay. Three factions are um, the the Hell faction, which very yep. normal to its name is, is essentially demons. Yeah. Um, you have the Sorcerer Kings, which are very Indian-ish in nature. Um, yes. They're they're Hindu Indian slash Hun, if you will. Because I mean they mm -hmm. have a they they have a giant Vishnu statue stuff like that. Um, and then you have the oh fuck what was the last one uh, the War, War Dogs. Dogs. War dogs, War dogs, which were supposed yeah. to be mercenaries. They are mercenaries, yes, not are. supposed to be. They are mercenaries. But what I found funny was that no one was voting for more dogs until they released some of the concept art. And one of those concepts art um, is literally just a gigantic turtle pulling a ship. On his uh, back. On his back. And yes. that's 
absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that's whatever faction wins, that's the faction that's supposed to release next year. I and mean, yep. we have to remember that, you know, it's the game is still growing. So th- that is, if you want to think about it, somewhat of a downside, you know, if you don't find a faction you really like now, give it a little bit of time. Like I started Old Dominion, but if I had started now, I probably would have went City States. I like Old Dominion, but City States has the has a look. See, I didn't okay. realize I didn't realize they were dead at first when I picked Old Dominion. I do like them. I'm gonna keep with them, but I didn't realize they were dead. See, I like kind of like Old Dominion. Yeah, I kind of like Old Dominion a lot. Um, maybe it's part of it's the city states is the way they painted it because they didn't do the basic red, which I enjoy. Yeah, that blue um, with the silver, the like the the turquoise, turquoise. Yeah, uh, yeah, a, a bluish turquoise. I I think somewhere in there would be fine to say that's the color that they used. Um, so like I said, there will be more factions. There'll be more stuff. So if none of this seems to suit you, there will be other ones that might take a bit. And and when we talk about negatives, because maybe we'll talk a little bit about negatives here to kind of kind of close out and just discuss why this might not be a good game for you. One of those negatives is, like I said, you know, it, it could easily be the amount of models. If you are someone who doesn't like painting tons and tons of models, it's a bad game. Not that you have to paint them. Let's be honest, you don't have to. Um, as far as I've seen tournament-wise, I haven't seen requirements in most tournaments for painted models because I think they realize... If I tell people they got to paint and it's like 100 models, I'm not getting people. But we're taking this from the viewpoint of hobbyists. So we enjoy having painted models. It's a lot of models to paint. Um, yes, they, it is. <laughs> they can be a pain to put together. Um, um, okay, so I'll actually... So, okay. Yes and no. So I the way I was described to me, and I like this a lot more, especially talking about it, is that mm-hmm. these are not beginner kit models. No, they're not. Um, the instructions, when you get them, are very sparse, right? Yep. And kind of confusing until you realize that the bodies are interchangeable, or at least the bodies aren't interchangeable, but they're all numbered and lettered. And on top of that, um, the, the arms are interchangeable. So you kind of be like, oh, okay, I didn't even need the instructions because I can read the alphabet kind of nonsense. But <laughs> for a beginner who may not know like what they're doing, that's kind of annoying because we're yeah. so used to reading like here's P17, P17 goes to P18, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. It's a much yeah. more do-it-yourself kit is the way it feels. Um, the uh, the The models that it tells you how to build are essentially a unit champion if it has one. And maybe a standard bearer if they have a standard. Other than that, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, bodies go together one way. But I know for one of my units, one of the pools of of, of smoke, let's say it is, it is three pieces put together. I figured that out because when I clipped everything out, I said, these look like they fit together. Oh, they do. Okay, that's how it works. There was literally nothing that told me that. So um, it, it's not to say that you have to be an advanced hobbyist to do this. But if this is your first miniatures game, you, you you might struggle a little bit and you might want to talk to some other people and, and make sure that um, you might need a little bit of help to make sure you're comfortable of how certain things can go together. Maybe, not, maybe some other kits are really great, but for the cuts, the kits I've seen, some of them, it's not clear how it always works. I think mine is older than yours and yes, yours mine is was a pain in the butt. And so yeah. if you're telling me yours was a pain in the butt, then... it it's It's not too bad, but there is some spots where I look, even I look at the picture and I say... That doesn't really tell me where that goes. I'm going to put it here and yeah, it's good enough. Um, so this is a rank and flank game, which means you want to rank models. Sometimes the models rank really well. You do have to, when you build it, here's the other part that makes it a little bit more advanced. 
some models, you have to be very careful with the way you're modeling them to make sure they will rank up. When I built those bone golems, I had to position their arms in such a way because they hang over their base to make sure that they could stand next to one another and actually get their bases to touch. I had similar issues with some of my guys with shields. I had to make sure I put their arm just right. So later when I put the shield on, because I'm going to paint it separately, that they're going to fit and not be pushing down the person in front of them. Um, absolutely, if you play this game, magnetize your stuff. The easiest way that we found, you can go on Amazon. You can buy bronze blanks. You can get 200 of them for 10 bucks. Put those in the bottom on the tray in each little divot. And then put a small magnet. Depending on the size, you need three by ones for guys who stand nice and tall. I use five by ones for guys who lean because some of my models really lean. Put it on the model's base. They stick well. Yeah, if I turn it upside down and shake it, they might come off, but they're going to stick well enough to stay and I can still get them off if I want. The game, you don't have to anymore, but I still like to be able to remove models. I, I don't want to have them all uh, put in there. So I'd absolutely, this is a magnetized must. You have to magnetize this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I will put out even mm-hmm. models that sit flat on the tray. I mean, guys, we've played Warhammer Fantasy, okay? If you're listening, if you haven't, then you'd probably understand. You won't probably. But we played. If you played Warhammer Fantasy, you know the the horrors of pushing the tray and watching as every single model collapses in on each other. Yep. So, yeah. And and that's another thing. So. In Warhammer Fantasy, you had trays that you put them all in. This one, they're in individual pieces, and you kind of hold them together. I'm waiting to see someone come out with a really good one that goes underneath. Um, since there is magnets, you could probably put maybe like a thin metal sheet or something like that. But movement-wise, it could be a little finicky. So if they're not magnetized, they're going to fall everywhere. It's not even like Fantasy, where if you're careful, they'll hold up. They're not going to hold up. Um, they're sca- you know what? They're Skaven. Um... Oh, God, what were the Skaven Halberdiers called? Uh... The, the no. globe ones? No, no, they're the huge halberds. Uh, I don't remember. It's been too long. Been too long. That's all right. <laughs> Skaven halberdiers. Um, the only other thing I think for a big negative, maybe Dan has another one, is price. This is cheaper than say Warhammer 40k, but it's still an expensive game. Um, this is not skirmish. Skirmish levels games you can get in, get out real quick and cheap. This one not so much. Um, there's a lot of models. You get a lot of that. You get a lot of um, of things to paint if you enjoy painting. But yeah, it's it, it's going to be a little bit more. If you take a look at some of those starter sets, you can take a look at those prices and kind of figure out if this is a game for you. If you're someone who's on an exceedingly tight budget, it might not be the right moment for that. Or um, I'll tell you right now, I got a lot of my stuff from uh, store. Uh, uh, some of our local stores do a bazaar where people just sell stuff they don't want. I got most of my stuff from a bazaar, so I got my stuff at like 80% off. That's also why I went Storm Vermin. They're the ones with the spears. I looked it up. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, you can also look for deals or maybe your game store runs a bit of a runs a bit of a deal themselves, but it, it is absolutely consideration. Um, do you have any other, other sort of negatives, th- things to consider before you would start this game? Not Really, you hit it, kind of. I'm, I'm trying to think of like something that I would dissuade someone from purchasing, but honestly, those are kind of it, which isn't bad yeah. for a game. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's outside of a course of the things if you hate ranks and flanks or something like that. Like if if oh, yeah, if obviously. Heard, yeah, I was gonna... yeah, if you heard the basic <laughs> ideas and you're like that sounds like garbage. No, but if if you're like I'm I really like this idea, what might be a downside? These are the downsides. None of it to say you shouldn't do it, but there are things you absolutely have to consider. Um, I'm thumbing through Skaven stuff right now. I forgot how hilarious their stuff is, but I don't want to paint that many rats. But I do love their uh, stuff. Yeah, try the, the, ranking up. Uh, what were they called again? Storm Vermin? Storm Vermin, uh, yeah. Storm Vermin. Yes, they were literally impossible. That was the old fantasy joke. Yep. Rats in general, but Storm Vermin definitely were not fun. Yeah. All right. Um, any other closing thoughts on the game itself as you know, we bring Honestly, up why like, this I'll is be cool. honest. So right. as I'm older, as I get, you know, into my my older age. Right. You're younger than I've me. Been, let me you let me are. let me let me let me speak with gravitas. <laughs> no, okay. um, no. But as I get older, like <laughs> I, I usually move towards more skirmish games or games that I prefer, and that's alternate activation games. I was really saddened by the fact. Little story time. I was saddened by the fact that Drop Zone Commander and Drop Fleet Commander never took off at the store because I think those are almost damn near perfect games when it comes down to it, including building destruction, all that, right? I love those games. But the problem is, you know, there's distribution. It's hard to get, whatever. Point is, no, they didn't start, right? Here is a game that scratches that itch. You have a rank and flank game, which there isn't really one until Old World comes out, and that's going to be GW. And I think they also, it's going to be resin only. I heard I heard that. I don't think it's going to be entirely true, but I think it's a lot of brand new stuff I, I listen, think will be. Listen, I don't trust GW. Uh, but it's no. not going to be alternate activation, I can tell you that much. Nope. Unless they just cheat and... No, anyway. it won't be. Exactly. So here you have an alternate activation game, right? Uh, oh, we didn't even mention something very important. What's These that? models are not 28 millimeter. No. No, they're not. Whoops. I completely... Welcome to the end of the podcast where we hit no. Um, these models are 32, 38, 38, 38 mm. These are, these are chunky models. I I will let you know that. Uh, anyway, so here's a game that is alternate activation, right? Here's a game that, you know, requires you to play cards, which I love. Um, it's it's rank and flank fantasy. The magic is not overpowered. Thank God. No. Uh, edition fantasy still gives me scars as an ogre player and a dwarf player. Um, I think that was you that it happened to where your entire army died, right? Not my entire army, but about two thirds of it. Oh my God. To so a, yeah, the, the magic uh, is not overpowered. Purple Sun. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's overall just a stupid fun game. And I was very, so <laughs> I always joke around because I know my friend George has been trying to get me to this game. And the way he explained it was not how I thought it was going to play. Um, and when I finally played with you, Dave, I was mm. like, holy shit, I would have started this game ages ago. Yeah. So yeah, it's the, kind of like, I don't want to call it a secret game, but because it's gaining popularity, obviously. But it's just, it's funny that it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a good game. It's a good game. Yeah. It, um, it's overall probably not quite there yet in terms of popular. It is getting more popular. But I said, it is a somewhat, it's a much newer game. Um, they're still working on factions. They're still adding to it. Like, if you like Old Dominion, like I do. There's legitimately half the things just aren't out yet. And yeah. I can look up to get ideas based off of keywords. I can determine what it should look like in terms of like, is it a bunch of models or is it one model and things like that? But otherwise, I, I don't know what it is. So so they are still working on that. 
which which yeah, is something Dwight's are still too, missing you know. stuff too and we're older oh, yeah. than you. Every, I yeah. think everyone is and it's that everyone will get their stuff sooner or later but there are a decent amount of pieces that are missing currently um but but having said that I mean so we we did a we did a TTS bio report we made we made some errors and and now there's actually no reason to release it cuz it turns out it was so close to 2.0 I mean, once they give us all the rules for 2.0 we're going to record something else using those rules but I've played it. Uh, I've played it several times as I build up the rest of my army. It takes me a while to build all this stuff because there's a lot of it. But I've been having a lot of fun with it, and it, like I said, it does scratch that other itch I have. And I do feel it fits very nicely with some of the other games I play because it is quite different from them, while still having some of the hallmarks that I enjoy in games. So that way, I feel. Not that I'm playing something I already do, but I'm playing something different while still not forgetting all of it. It's So one of the things that I, I sometimes have a problem with Infinity is, and it's better now, but it can be very rules dense where if you haven't played it in a bit and you haven't kept up with everything, it might be tough to kind of sit down and do. Where this kind of game, if you're keeping up with, say, what your army does, you read through the rules, most of it, after you read through it once, you're probably fine. You might make some errors, but the errors are probably not going to be so dire that it's going to destroy the game. Let's face it. We all make mistakes in games. It's, it's going to be a thing. There's always going to be something wrong. So with this, I feel it's a nice and easy enough rules to retain with enough some complexity and choices that's going to keep it interesting. But um, I think that'll do it for us tonight on this thing. So they said we went over a bit of the game. Um, do look for more content related to Conquest, especially as they release things related to 2.0. We like to be able to talk about the different factions when it comes out. We're going to do some battle reports. Like I said, for the time being, it's probably going to be TTS until we get our stuff painted up. We have several people at the store also who have painted stuff or are painting their stuff. Um, as that stuff gets done, we all want to be able to put out some actual battle reports. I'm, I'm working on um, probably this week going to try to get some of the equipment in that I want to actually be able to do for that so that way we can do that going forward. But We'd like to be able to cover this to an extent, you know, while we're also still covering 30K. Like I said, we're all going to an event. All three of us are going to an event in like five days. So we're in no way going to abandon that. But maybe this is something, depending on Steve's desire to be part of it, uh, Dan and I might be talking about this and bringing other people on. If, if anyone absolutely loves it and, you know, they love the chance to talk about it, you know, let yeah, us know. Let us know in the comments. Like yeah. We like this. If this sounds interesting, we, we don't mind talking about it because we have yeah. fun with this. Well, I'll put it this way. We're probably going to talk about it either way, but we might just be bringing in a different audience of people. Exactly. And that's fine. Um, but I, like I, said, I, I know I think we're going to because I think it's a game that now also two of us play. Like I also play other games, but if neither of them play it, I, you know, I could do solo content, which I want to do some stuff, but it only takes me so far. But um, Other than that, we do want to thank everyone who does listen. Um, they said, you can feel free. Like I said, we put this out on any podcatcher that you find. We also have this on our YouTube channel. YouTube does get exclusive content. It'll get any of the battle reports we make, any other things like that, any short videos that I record. I have a bunch of them put together. I just got to get through this first full week of work um, and painting <laughs> a giant painting backlog. Um, but I do have some different things that I want to put out as well and, and things from these guys as, as well. Um, as always, things like likes and subscribes really do help us out. It really does get us noticed. And the more we get noticed, the easier it is to make additional content and to, um, you know, feel the feel the worth of that. We want to do it because we enjoy it, but it definitely feels better when you can see that you know 
people are showing that they appreciate it. And that really does go a long way. Um, all right. Well, on behalf of both of us, as, as well as Steve, as he recovers from uh, not feeling well, um, have some good hobby and some great gaming. <laughs>